The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Rulon Gardner caused one of the greatest upsets in Olympic wrestling history when he won gold at the Olympic Games in Sydney in 2000. His opponent in the 130 kilo Greco-Roman final was what they call the Russian bear, Alexander Karelin, a three-time Olympic champion who'd not actually lost an international bout in 13 years. It meant that Rulon became an overnight sensation back home and across the world with what they called the miracle on the mat. But he soon found himself struggling with stardom and battling to save his career after a life-threatening accident. There's a new Olympic Channel documentary simply called Rulon. And it's the story of him coming from his humble roots, growing up on a dairy farm to finding fame and how his resilience helped him to overcome adversity and multiple near-death experiences. Today, Rulon has got married. He got married in October 2020. He's lost around 50 pounds, which is 22 kilos in weight, and recently moved to St. George in Utah, where he hopes to start a youth wrestling training center. So, Rulon, great to speak to you. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's a pleasure to be on. And as, uh, as you talked, you know, watching the movie and seeing all the experiences I've been through, it's, it's just pretty astonishing to be able to now circle back around and talk about uh, the journey and then also the film. You wouldn't be Rulon Gardner without where you came from and your family. So I think that's probably a good place to start. If you could just give us a little uh, flavor of what it was like growing up for you. Well, I was born in a small town, um, if you know where Yellowstone is. I grew up about an hour south of Yellowstone. It's called Afton, Wyoming. And I grew up the youngest of nine kids on a dairy farm. We had about uh, 60 to 80 uh, Holstein milk cows, and we lived on 160 acres, and then we farmed a bunch of other land to uh, get crops and get alfalfa so we could feed the animals. So growing up the youngest of nine kids, you know, there was kind of a term we used on the farm, farm where the cow manure runs downhill. So a lot of the times I got the stuff that uh, nobody else wanted to do. And so I was kind of always my mom's favorite. and every day was like a trip and fall every day was an experience on the farm you know we had so many near-death experiences i i had you know accidents on the farm and just every day you got a cut or scratch or you know something happened stitches so i spent a lot of time in the er just getting you know mended up growing up on the farm it's just the way things were so life on the farm was during the summer i didn't wrestle i was a farmer i worked uh, you know from 6.30 in the morning till midnight, getting all the chores done and, uh, you know, getting everything done to help the family succeed as a farmer. So when did the wrestling come in? What point were you uh, drawn to the mat? I learned at a young age, if I did sports, I got off the farm so I didn't have to work all night. So for me, it's like, I love sports. Back then, wrestling, we did it three months of the year during the high school season. And then the rest of the year, I played football and I threw the shot put you know, in track and field. So I had other things I did, but wrestling was something I wasn't really good at, but some some coaches, some junior colleges, small schools here in America saw that, you know, I was hard worker. I had some grit, I had some toughness and they, they followed and they actually gave me a scholarship opportunity to go try it at college. And when I finally got to college, I realized, okay, this is a challenge and 
these guys are good and you got to work hard, even though I wasn't technically the best. Can you set the scene of what it was like going from that kid to being on the plane, going to Australia, going to Sydney for the, for the Olympics in 2000? Walking into the Olympics, I had zero expectation, but all the potential. And so there's something I always looked at. A lot of people say, oh, look at this big obstacle and this big mountain of a man, Alexander Carell. And, oh, aren't you scared? I lost to him in 1997. He actually broke two, he broke two vertebrae in my neck. And so in that experience, I realized he's by far the best wrestler in the world. And so what am I going to do to go out there and compete against him? I'm going to put everything I have in place and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. So when I got to Sydney, I had very little confidence, but I had a belief that I could go out and compete with anybody physically and mentally. I had a chance if I put myself in that mindset and that was just go out there and just give 100%. expected you to win and then you know you do and it must have just been the best feeling ever how did you feel on that on that podium oh it's so crazy so just you know put yourself i you know you you tell somebody oh just imagine the wildest dream that you could ever imagine come true and seriously like some people be like i want a million dollars in the lottery that's a crazy dream but you know, to walk out there wrestling against Corellon, and he was one of the three guarantees of the Olympics to win a gold medal. And so it was, you know, in his mindset, it was already a predetermined that he was going to win. And so for me, you know, I walked out there. So I had, you know, I had no expectation of winning that match. So for me walking out there, you know, and then ultimately succeeding, it just, it blew my mind. And I remember, you know, wrestling the match and getting done. I'm like, okay, there's no way that's true, you know? And I'm standing there and I remember going back and I'm standing behind Corellon and he's like, you know, four or five inches taller than me. He's a, you know, just a very large man. And I'm looking up at him and he's, you know, so we're both sweating still and we're getting ready to go out there and get the presentation. And I'm, I'm like, you're a very good wrestler. And he's like, you know, that's what he told me. And I said, Spasiva, thank you. I said, you'll always be the champion. You know, you're truly the best wrestler ever. And, you know, he, he appreciated it. And then I walk out there and I'm standing on the podium getting the medal. And I'm like, so just like in a dream. And I remember listening to the national anthem and everybody's like, do you know the words to the national anthem? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't even know where I was at. It was like a dream. And halfway through, I'm like, if this is the national anthem, that's him. And I thought about just reaching down and like touching him, seeing if it was a dream or not. Then I'm like, I probably should, and that wouldn't be good on national or worldwide TV. So for me, it was just kind of mind-boggling that I did it. And I asked my coach, I'm like, what happened? He goes, I have no idea. Because it was just truly that magical. And, you know, there's people that go out there and say, oh, I'm going to compete. I wasn't even supposed to be at the Olympics. So, you know, being in that position and winning the medal, you know, I still wake up and it's like, man, that was crazy. And I remember the night I woke up and I had like a photo shoot at 6.30 a.m. And I'm waking up and I, I, after I got back late that night after, you know, USA wrestling parties, I got back and I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, I could barely move. And, and I'm, I'm in the tub and I'm like, man, that's weird. And I get up and I'm locked in my room. I'm like, that is the craziest dream I've ever had. And I'm like, if it's true, the metal's sitting on the bed. And I look down and it was there and I'm like, wow. 
it just it just truly that was probably the most mind-blowing experience i've ever had was when i got there and saw that and i'm like this is it's crazy and it changed my life i, I had zero expectation of something like that happening at this time what would be your arguments about like not giving up and why that is so important especially at the moment you know, you look at the tragedies from the different world wars to the different conflicts to now, you know, the whole COVID virus, you know, we have to sit back and humanity has to, I think, truly sit back and realize, you know, wars and all these conflicts, you know, that's just added pressure that we put on everything. But if we can break it down and, and realize that it just comes down to me and you treating each other right, making good decisions, protecting each other, you know, you look at the elderly population and the risk factors they have and and i graduated in physical education so you take a lot of these health classes and you learn a lot of this type of stuff and it's just it's devastating to see how many people are affected by pre-existing things and so for me I, I just look at it and you know have to realize that we're all we're all on this planet together and even though we think we're on our own little private protective world we all affect each other because one decision from one person affects thousands of people every day. And, you know, I think it's opportunity. You know, each of us try to strive to do the best we can, because if you look at it, my story, you know, along the way, I had so many guys and so many kids that kind of gave up on themselves that quit. And I was special ed all the way through school. And so I had struggles with reading and reading comprehension, speed of reading. My education was tough. And, but I had people that were very positive and supportive. And, you know, when somebody's having a bad day, we got to pick each other up. We got to make each other feel accountable, feel protected, you know, and it's not all for myself. It's kind of all for everybody to make sure that, you know, we're all getting through this thing. Okay. And, you know, it's just a, it's a challenging time, but we, you know, it's, it's going to be another experience that someday we're going to say we made it through. Yeah, there was some tragedy, there were some deaths, but at the end of the day, we've learned about humanity. We learned that humanity can come together. And I think that's why it's important to make good decisions. And that's what the Olympic Games is about, too, is, you know, bringing the world, you know, you have a Iranian wrestling against the Russian wrestling against American I haven't had a country or a people that I haven't got along with. And, you know, I've had the Russians or the Iranians or whoever, you know, they've been my good friends. You talk, you joke, you go out and you, you either beat them, they beat you and you get up and you shake hands, you hug each other and I'll get you next time. That's just the philosophy. And the end of the day, you know, people are like, man, Rulin's a good guy. And that's what hopefully people at the end of the day said, you know. Yeah, I wrestled hard. I was a little bit physical and I was mean, but I was always shorter. I wasn't typically as gifted as them, but I worked hard. And hopefully they could respect that and just say, oh, well, he's not one of these Americans that expects for victory. No, we had to go out and earn the victory. And that's what we did every time we walked out to wrestle is if I lost and I remember going to Cuba eight times and, you know, I went there six times wrestling in the first Six times, you know, I won three tournaments and then I lost three tournaments when I was there. And those were all experiences, but every one of them, I enjoyed it and I got so much better. And that made me the person because it's adversity, it's challenges. And that's what I think this whole story, I think, hopefully represents is there's ups and downs and everybody can, you know, hopefully relate their life and the journey I have. 
So what do you think makes a tough wrestler, like physically and mentally? I think um, being a real tough wrestler, you can break it down. I think it's not just being physically tough. I think it's being mentally tough on the mat, walking out there, putting yourself in a position to where you could compete. And I remember when I was young, you know, growing up, you know, I wasn't, I don't think I was really tough, but I learned to become tough through my brother. One of the profound wrestlers that I used to look up to was Dennis Hall. Dennis Hall was a world champ in 1995, 1996 Olympic silver medalist. And so Dennis Hall was, for me, somebody who, you know, embedded the the greatness, the the physicality, the, you know, the determination of a great wrestler. And so for me, I looked up at those attributes, you know, Dennis used to go, I don't, I don't freaking care about nothing. I'm going to tip on the world. And that's his mentality. And we're all watching me like, man, okay. Wrestling typically happens in the summer. The world championships happen in August. And so I spent a lot of my summers over in Europe and it was great and wonderful, you know, going to Russia and some of these less desirable places. And then we got to go and travel some of the really cool places, but you know, I missed the summer back home. And so I'm going to go over there and wrestle I'm not going to come here and just show up and just be happy. I'm going to go there and expect him to, to be my best and to be the best in the, the tournament. And, you know, a lot of times I actually succeeded and then a lot of times I failed. And those are the times that made me tough. And so coming back and then also realizing everybody's like, oh, did you just focus on the Olympics? I'm like, I had to focus on making the, the team because I had McAfee Olympic silver medalist three times he was number two in the world and then i had dramil byers the year i had frostbite and got injured in 2002 dramil byers won the world we had three heavyweights that were top three in the world and so for me you know it wasn't an easy road do you think rulon that that mentality which uh which drove you to success in 2000 you know did you know when to stop you know, after I won the Olympics, I was given the opportunity to do a lot of fun stuff and cool stuff. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, now people think that kind of seems makes me look restless, reckless is the frostbite accident. You know, in 2002, I won the Olympics, then I won the Worlds, and I'm coming back and it's February and I went back to watch the Salt Lake Olympics in Utah. That's about three hours where I grew up in Wyoming, drive from where I'm from. And so I was back snowmobiling and I ended up getting stranded all night in the wilderness. And, you know, I was, I took some risks I shouldn't have. I didn't have my, you know, correct coat. And I was just trying to climb some mountains. It wasn't too crazy. I wasn't, you know, out to kill myself, but I put myself in a situation where I tried to climb a mountain. And then ultimately I got separated from my friends and I couldn't find them. And by the time I realized I was in a bad position and I put myself down in a hole where the snow was, you know, two meters high and it was six feet deep and there's no way I could save myself. So the only choice I had is to drop off this mountain and follow this river back to my hometown. And I thought I could do it. And ultimately I got stuck in the river and I spent all night in the wilderness. And so was I trying to be truly reckless and, and be crazy and trying to, you know, just push the envelope. I wasn't too bad. Yeah. I, I took risk more than I would have before, but I was just having fun and, I'd never really truly had kind of fun like that. So I had the opportunity and I almost killed myself. And then to come back again in 04, I had, you know, the motorcycle accident. I was simply riding my motorcycle and a person pulled out in front of me. And here I hit the car at 30 miles an hour and I 
jump off my bike and I go over the car. And so, you know, here's another situation that's just by circumstance, you know, things happen. And so for me, yeah, it was kind of tragic. I wish it would have been a little bit different, but what happens in life? You, you make mistakes, you make choices. And the night I got frostbite, I came back from that. I lost one toe to amputation. I lost all the feeling in my feet. And I came back and said, I was going to wrestle again. And people are like, you can't even walk. You trip all the time. First practice, I walked in there and I'm, I'm falling down. They're like, what's wrong? I'm like, I can't feel my feet. Even today, I can't feel my feet. So I really have to be smart about you know walking. And so it's changed me a lot, you know, but back then I thought I could do anything. And, you know, I talk about it in the movie and now I've been kind of put in a position to where it's like, you know what? You know, it's all about making better choices and better decisions. So, Rula, let's let's build our perfect wrestling warrior, like the ultimate tough guy. What do we need physically? What do we need mentally? Where do they come from? What do they eat for breakfast? You know, let let build your your machine. Well, I I'd say from a young age, you take the wrestler and you a lot of times have these young, talented wrestlers that burn out and that, you know, that stop learning. And they're like, well, look at how good I am. I, I won the state. I won this. I won that. I won this. Well, that's great if that's your goal. But if you want to create an Olympic wrestler, I think you take a wrestler who's hungry, a wrestler who's, you know, has a desire to get better. It's not go to the Olympics. That wasn't my dream as a kid, you know, that just kind of came through the the experiences I had in my life. But then when it presented itself, then I went for it. And a lot of people along the way thought, oh, look at how good I am. And so they stopped learning. For me, I'm like, I'm pretty good, but I have a lot more to learn. And, and I think that's the mentality I had. And so when I moved to the Olympic Training Center, you know, yeah, I was competitive with those guys, but I didn't want to just compete. I wanted to go out there and I didn't worry about winning gold medals. I worried about being my absolute best every day. And I worked on three things, top, bottom, and neutral position. If I could be the best wrestler on my feet, if I could be the best wrestler in bottom position and top position, if I could be that person that day, I could do anything. And so I got that mentality. And that's what drove me is improve, 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 improve. You know, and going into Sydney, I was still improving every day until I got to the Olympic finals. And guess what happened? I won. What did I do? came back and started improving again. You know, I didn't say, well, I'm at the top. And so for me, I think it's taken that. And I have this young wrestler here in Utah and he's looking at it, you know, doing some amazing things. And I told his, his father the other day, you're gonna bleed, you're gonna cry, you're gonna sweat, you're gonna get beat up. You're gonna go through so many things in the process of making you who you are today. So what a pleasure to speak to you and uh, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. And I hope the, I hope the message gets out to everybody and uh, they appreciate it. But then also they realize life isn't easy for everything and for everybody. You just got to do the best you can every day. Olympic Channel Podcast. Massive thank you to Rulon. You can watch the documentary right now. Head over to olympicchannel.com or use the official Olympic Channel apps for mobile and connected TV devices. All right, that's it for now. Stay safe, stronger together, and see you very soon. Think, Think like an Olympian. Olympian.